It is good to see all of you out this morning. We are glad that you are here with us. Our lesson for today, this is Joe's lesson. A few weeks ago I, I told you that he sent me an email and he gave me a, a suggestion uh, about doing lessons on, on Jesus. And, and in particularly he wanted to know about Jesus as a prophet, a priest, and a king. So this is Joe's lesson today. And I tied it in with the song, Praise Him, Praise Him, in which is a line about Jesus as prophet, priest, and king. And certainly we should praise Him because of, of that very fact. So far in our series, what we have learned about Jesus and, and how He relates to us, how He relates to mankind, is, is about Him as our Savior. He has saved us. He died for us so that He could save us from our sins. He is also our Redeemer in that He has redeemed us unto God. When we could not do that ourselves uh, because of the sin in our lives, Jesus has redeemed us unto God. And He is our friend. And there are many songs that we sing about Jesus being our friend. And He is very special to us for that reason. Last week we talked about how He is our hope. We have no hope, really, outside of Christ. But because He died for us, because He did all of these great things for us, we have hope. We have hope of eternal life, hope of eternal salvation, and that is something that we look forward to. Today we see him as a prophet, a priest, and a king. And maybe, maybe I would have done a little bit better had I separated these into separate lessons. I realized that there was a, a lot of information that I couldn't get deep into because we we're trying to do all of them. But hopefully it will be a lesson that is helpful to you. And maybe it will encourage you to do further study on these uh, subjects. And, and learn what you can from the scriptures. There is a, a lot of, of great detail. Uh, especially in regard to Jesus as priest and king. Jesus has many things to all of us. And what we're, we're endeavoring to do is to learn more about Jesus and how He relates to man and what He means to man. We begin by looking at Jesus as the prophet. Jesus the prophet. He was a prophet. We may not always consider Him to be a prophet, but He, he was a prophet. Jesus may be considered the final prophet of the Jewish dispensation. As on earth, he remained subject to the law of Moses. Throughout our reading of the Gospels, we see that the people are still under the law of Moses. It is not until Jesus' death that the old law was fulfilled and done away with. And so, in regard to that, Jesus came as a prophet, telling the people of what was to come. Uh, even telling about himself and what he must suffer. 
A prophet was considered God's spokesman to his people. Prophets would share messages given to them by God with the people for whom these messages were intended. So he would give the prophets the messages and the prophets would carry that message to the people. And in a sense, we, we can see maybe preachers as, as a sort of prophet, though in a very different way. But we are a spokesman. We may be a spokesman. We are all spokesmen of what God has given us in His Word. Prophets would share uh, these messages. The, these messages were usually given through dreams or visions. And that's the, the key difference between uh, what the prophets did in the Old Testament and what we do today. We have the Word of God revealed to us. And so, having the Word of God revealed to us in the way that we do, we carry the message of God's Word to people who need it. If we consider Moses a prophet of sorts, he is the only one God spoke to directly in a face-to-face -face manner, as it is put in the Scriptures. He had the closest relationship of any prophet to, to God. Though God did, did speak to others, such as Samuel, no other had the close relationship with God that Moses did. Prophets encouraged God's people to not only listen, but to obey the words of the Lord. Some were accepted and believed. Some prophets were accepted and believed, such as Jonah who encouraged Nineveh to repent. And they did. And interestingly enough, Jonah, arguably one of the most successful prophets, was displeased with the result. And you had some who were rejected, such as Ezekiel, who was among those taken captive. God told Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3, that the people would not listen to the message being brought to them. Yet, God gave them the opportunity to repent and learn from their disobedience. Different messages were given to different people at different times and each served a different purpose. Some warned of punishment for the wicked. Some encouraged those who had been wicked while they were being punished, encouraging repentance. Some brought news of deliverance. And all encouraged the people of God to love and obey Him. As we look at Jesus as a prophet, I want you to turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, let's look at how the book begins. And a lot of our lesson comes from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, here we read, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Whereas God had spoken to the people in the past by way of these prophets, these men who became God's spokesmen, these men who were given a message to share with the people, He has in these last days spoken to us by way of His own Son. Jesus is the Word, John 1, 1. And through Him, the will of the Father is revealed to us. Even today. Not just to His disciples that were around, that were there to hear His messages personally while He lived on earth. These things have been recorded for us in the Scriptures, in the Bible. And so we have these messages given to us today. Whether he and his message are accepted or rejected lies within us and how we receive him. It's within us. We decide whether we are going to accept Jesus or whether we will reject him instead. He is the promised prophet. We go back for a moment to Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 19. And here we read of a coming prophet. Notice that the word prophet throughout this, the, the verses here is capitalized if you have one of the newer translations. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, from your midst. This is Moses speaking. A prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. According to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. The Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from, from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. Like Moses, in that Moses was given a message for the people, Jesus also was given a message from God for the people. Him you shall hear. Him you shall hear. This is reminiscent to transfiguration that we read of in Matthew 17. When Jesus is transfigured on the mountain before them, before the, the three disciples that were present. 
And if you'll remember, Peter suggesting the building of tabernacles for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus is told, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Hear Him. Jesus was given a message for the people. We are encouraged by God even today to hear Him. To hear Him. Not only was Jesus the prophet, much greater prophet than any of the prophets before Him, but He was also a priest. Jesus the priest. Priests were set apart. They were to be cleansed from impurity, set apart for special service among God's people. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews 5, beginning with verse 1, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins. Priests offered sacrifices on behalf of the people and themselves also. Because even the priests, as set apart as they were, were not without sin. Priests were specifically of the tribe of Levi. And this particular tribe was set apart by God for this very service. Jesus, too, was high priest but much different from Aaron or from the, any other priests before him. We continue reading in Hebrews chapter 5 with verse 5. Hebrews 5 and verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. And really all that means whenever we talk about being in the order of Melchizedek is that Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi, And there are certain characteristics that 
Melchizedek holds that Jesus also could be compared to he was a priest but in a different way than the priests before him. In Hebrews chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 this hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews chapter 7 beginning with verse 23 also there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing but he because he continues forever has an unchangeable priesthood therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners and has become higher than the heavens who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's for this he did once for all when he offered up himself for the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the son who has been perfected forever Jesus is high priest he is the great high priest he is the perfect high priest whereas the priest of the Old Testament continued on a daily basis to offer these sacrifices Jesus had no need of doing that because his sacrifice was the great sacrifice that was offered once for all. Our confidence rests in Jesus as our high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, going back a little bit, Hebrews 4 beginning with verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As the priests of the Old Testament could sympathize with the weaknesses of the people because of their own weaknesses, Jesus too was tempted, except he was without sin. He faced the, the weaknesses of the flesh, so to speak, yet he was not overcome by those weaknesses. He was faced by temptation, temptation of hunger as well as other things, but he did not sin. 
He did not give in to those temptations. He suffered the difficulties of this life as we do, but he overcame them. And ultimately, his victory is also our victory. Let's also look for a moment at Jesus the King. Jesus the King. just as he is much greater than any prophet and just as he is much greater than any priest he is also much greater than any king whenever we think of a king we think of a kingdom being passed down from generation to generation and usually a king will die and his son will take the throne Jesus isn't an earthly king. He did not follow in the footsteps of a father who was a king, at least not on earth. But he is king nonetheless. Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek and that both were high priests, though not of the tribe of Levi. And both were also kings, though not coming from the lineage of a previous king. Of Melchizedek it is said in Hebrews chapter 7, beginning with verse 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem meaning king of peace without father, without mother, without genealogy having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like the son of God remains a priest continually of Jesus it is said if you'll remember what is, is promised to Mary in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 31. Luke 1, verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The lineage of Jesus on earth was a kingly lineage if we go all the way back to David. But Jesus is not a king in an earthly sense. Jesus is a king like no other. Matthew 13 and verse 57 tells us that he was rejected by his own people. A prophet is not without honor except in his own house. In Matthew 27 verses 11 through 14 we find him placed on trial and eventually crucified. Asked, are you the king of the Jews? All he would respond 
as it is as you have said. When he was hung on the cross, as we read in Matthew 27 and verse 37, tells us that they put over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. We find Jesus to be a conquering king. A conquering king. In Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2, verses 32 through 36, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Both Lord and Christ. Yes, Jesus was put to death. He died on a cross for our sins. And we understand what that means to our salvation. But he didn't remain in the grave, did he? I was reading in, in something while I was preparing this lesson about how we look at the world and you look at all the many religions of the world and they're all based on anything outside of Christianity is based on an individual, someone great such as Buddha and there are several others that were listed that those names are not really coming to me but but we think of all of those religions and how they are based on individuals who have lived on earth and who have died. And they have great monuments and great statues and, and things that are made as far as their graves so that they can be recognized and so that they can be adored for their greatness. Christians do not have a shrine, a statue, or something like that that we can go to to adore our great leader. It seems ironic, and yet it's very fitting that what we have is an empty tomb. Because our Lord is not in the tomb. Not because his body was stolen as some thought it to be whenever he was first resurrected. But because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. I don't have to worry about what the future may hold. Because my God lives. And he is reigning. He gave his life for me and yet he lives. He lives. 
In Acts chapter 2, as Peter is confronting the Jews, ones who had put Jesus to death, the ones who had crucified Him. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And what was their reaction? Verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter, the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. In verse 41, Then those who gladly received His word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. They believed, obeyed, and they continued in faithfulness. They didn't question what Peter had to say. They simply obeyed what he told them to do. Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. Remission, forgiveness of sins comes in no other way except through our own obedience to the Lord's will and to His plan. A moment ago, I told you that how Jesus is received, whether He is accepted or whether He is rejected, is up to us to decide. And we must decide for ourselves. We cannot decide for each other. We cannot decide for family members or friends around us. We have to decide for us, for me. Will I accept Jesus? Or will I reject Him? Will I obey His will while I put Him on in baptism? Or will I refuse and walk away? Will I remain faithful? Will I go back to enjoying the pleasures, the temporary pleasures of the world? That's something that you have to answer for yourself. And so the question is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? If you've not already done so, if you've not obeyed the will of God, if you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, then we'd be glad to help you in that need. If you've not remained faithful, if you need prayers, if there's some way that we can help you in that area of your life, then we'd be glad to do so. If there's anything that we can do for you today, we give you the opportunity to respond. As together we stand and as we sing.